from the feature staff at the Columbus Dispatch. This is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the Features Department at the Columbus Dispatch, coming to you every week. If it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. I'm Ryan Smith, Features Editor at the Dispatch, and today we'll be speaking with Jamie Attenberg, the best-selling author whose latest novel, All This Could Be Yours, traces the impact that a corrupt, narcissistic real estate developer has on his family, particularly the women, as seen over the course of one long day. Attenberg, who is also the author of the best-selling The Middlesteens, lives in New Orleans, where her new book is set. She'll be visiting Bexley on Tuesday, November 12th, when Gramercy Books hosts a luncheon at Giuseppe's Retrovo. But first, she made some time to speak with Margaret Kwame to talk about the relationship she has with her characters and much more. Take it away, Margaret. So it's a startling opening to the novel. We're inside Victor's mind, and a few pages later, he's collapsed, and we're not anymore. Did you feel like you needed to start directly with Victor before you got into everybody else's points of view? Well, you know, originally I wrote the book starting from Chapter 6, which is from Victor's daughter Alex's point of view. Oh, okay. And and I originally was just thinking it was going to be a day in the life of the death of this man, and obviously it's about much more than that. And then maybe the fourth or fifth draft, something like that, I had gotten some notes from different friends, and I think Maria Semple was the one who said I needed a little bit more action before the action started, kind of. Uh-huh. And I realized that I hadn't spent, you know, I'd spent a lot of time avoiding Victor because I'm not really interested in what he has to say in a lot of ways, but um, like I've sort of had it with these kinds of men, but I thought, let me just see what it's like to spend a little time in his head, and I, I lasted about, uh, yeah, two and a half pages with about <laughs> how much time I was going to spend in his head, so, but I was glad, I, I was kind of glad, I think it, I think it fits in well with, you know, the entire conceit of the book, um, and you, you see who he is, and you know who he is, and I feel like most readers wouldn't want to know much more about him either. <laughs> so do you feel like, uh, as an author, you have to empathize with him, or or not. I mean, it's just it was really hard because I, I try to I try to have compassion for all my characters, but this was probably one of the first characters that I've ever had like this where I just thought he's really just a bad guy, and I can't I you know I'm not. There are some moments that I wrote into it where you could sort of see where he came from in his background, and uh-huh. maybe perhaps there's little tiny moments here and there. But really, I kind of guess had to give myself permission to feel the way that I felt about him. Right. More than one person describes him as a monster. Do you think that's fair? I mean, I guess. I mean, there's so many. He's part of our society. He's part of the fabric of our society. I mean, I just think he's, I just think he's, as I described him, I just think he's a bad guy. Uh Uh-huh. What are the things that's horrifying about the book is that every time you think you know how bad he is, he turns out to do something worse? Yeah, I guess. Was it tricky to structure the novel that way, or were you thinking about that? I mean, truly, my my focus of this book was on the women of the family. Right. That's who I was interested in. And so, you know, he does these bad things, but really what I'm interested in is, like, kind of the trail that he leaves behind and the impact that he has on them. Sure. And that's, it depends on where your gaze goes, if you're more interested in in sort of the, the tragedy of it, then I understand, I certainly understand that every reader brings different backgrounds and histories and, and interests to, to reading of the book. I felt like he was getting, you know, I, I'm writing a book, I'm writing a novel, I'm trying to keep the narrative interesting and moving along. So, you know, there's dramatic moments that are going to come into play. But none of it was very, I mean, I sort of saw it getting worse and worse and just thinking, well, but it's not really that much of a surprise in a way. <laughs> Although it could be, it could be, there are definitely surprises in this book. I don't uh-huh. think there aren't surprises. But yeah, I mean, I just, I, 
it was like I almost felt very matter of fact about the things that he did in a certain way. Uh huh. So then there's Barbara is obviously one of the main characters. It's sort of hard not, as a reader not to think she's made a deal with a devil. Is that uh, do you think that's fair? Well, I don't know. I mean, I was she is really my the antihero in the book for me. Uh huh. And I was interested in investigating her complicitness in the situation. I mean, she's both complicit and a victim in this situation. So I tried to, it was easier to go after her with compassion. I also spent more time in her, you know, voice and Uh with her as a character. I've had talked to people who are extremely sympathetic towards her. I have talked to people who are extremely critical towards her. And again, it's just however you bring your read to it. I had a lot of problems with her. And then, you know, but maybe to talk to me, if you talk to me on a one, you know, different writing days, I might have liked her more or less. And maybe a year from now, I'll have different feelings about her. But I sort of stand like resolutely like not liking her <laughs> at the moment. But fast, but fast, deeply fascinated with her and ha- happy to spend time with her. Yeah, I mean, she's a fascinating character, cause, partly because she's, she's funny sometimes. I mean, she has sort of this very dark humor about her. Yeah, she's funny. That's how, I, you know, if you, make, if you put humor into a character, then it makes it a little bit easier to spend time with them. Uh-huh. And then Alex, um, their daughter, who really wants to get at the truth about her family. Do you think she really wants that? And what would happen if, if she actually got it? She, she doesn't get everything she wants here, certainly. No, she doesn't. I mean, the reader sort of knows, in the end of the book, knows a lot more than she right. does. So I personally think that I would not want to know my family's secrets. I don't think my family has very good secrets. Probably they're, very <laughs> nice. they're pretty nice, sedate people in general. So I have lived, like, pretty, pretty serene existences. But I, I think that... It doesn't. It wouldn't do her any good to know the family secrets. She thinks that she does want to know them. They are a family that, in general, is kind of sneaking around, peeking into each other's business anyway throughout <laughs> the book. So I, it might be just ha- kind of how she was raised, and she's kind of got an investigative nature to her. In general, my theory theory is like you could learn everything about your family's past, and it wouldn't change, alter your future a bit. Uh-huh. Really, like you kind of have to just take. Her, you can't really blame people at a certain point for your how you're behaving now, right? We all have to kind of grow up right. and take responsibility, responsibility for our lives. I love the way that you uh, you jump off into the lives of other people, just briefly, even just, you know, for a sentence or two or a paragraph. That just, it, I mean, for me, it makes it a lot less claustrophobic than it would be otherwise. Why did you decide to do that? So I did, um, I mean, they kind of popped up right in the first draft. I really thought I was just going to write about the women of the family, which is Barbara and Alex and Twyla, uh-huh. and then I had another, I had a couple other character ideas, but I really wanted to focus on those three women, and then another character who shows up later who we don't need to, she's sort of surprised, so I don't want to talk about her too right. much, but um, the tertiary characters that show up, they really were very insistent upon being a part of the book, and they were there for the first draft, and usually when I write a first draft, I just let whoever wants to show up, show up, uh-huh. and, and I, let them in, I let them into my work, and it's very playful for me, and then later on, you know, I might cut them out or whatever and they there were so many of them and they were so helpful in their gaze and they were great you know they did break up the scene sometimes they were funny um also i like really got to know all of them in certain ways and they kind of operated as little pieces of flash fiction too which was interesting Uh and i think people always talk about them now like fondly which is really nice because that's how i feel towards them and so it's, you know, I, they were there from the beginning, though, and they weren't all as fully defined, obviously, in the beginning as they were by the end, because I think right 
around the, again that fourth or fifth draft when I had a different set of readers they were like you kind of need to lean into it a little bit more like either get rid of them or like make them like really a little bit more realized uh-huh. and so I did that and then they became stronger and they had something to say about all of them right so most of the action takes place during a, a single day. Why did you decide to do that? What was challenging for you about doing that? Honestly, I cannot remember <laughs> when I decided that it would be just a single day. Only that maybe I'd been playing around for a million years the idea of separating a book into morning, noon, and night. Oh, okay. It probably was stuck somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm guessing, because I just let, I'm a big structure nerd and I, I really you know all my books are really rigorously structured and very thoughtfully so and and so I don't know I started writing it and then I saw oh oh I can't really like this is when it happens this is when everything happens you know it just felt really important that it be that way but I uh I don't know what the challenges of it it felt like it's actually was like such an opportunity uh-huh. right it was like oh how do I make this work really well like how do I make the drama like how do I create a big world within this very small time frame in in a very you know short space uh-huh. physical space yeah I don't know it's fun good so you've lived in New Orleans for a few years now is that right February will be four years since I bought my house there oh okay have you been there I have not I'm still on the bucket list but I've never been there oh it's so fun you got to come down I will someday get there. <laughs> So what was it? So you're writing about a place that you haven't lived forever and a place that's been written about a lot. How did you decide to do that, I guess? And what was what was most interesting to you about doing that? Well, I knew I wanted to write a book set down there. My last couple of books had been, my last two books had been set in New York. The one before that was set in the Chicago area. The one before that was in Nebraska and Las Vegas. And I don't know, I'm, I think I could write 10 more New York books probably because I lived there for such a long uh-huh. time. But I really wanted to take on New Orleans, but it took me a couple of years to really get up the courage and give myself permission to do that. And I think I was waiting for someone else to give me permission. But, you know, as with all creative projects, you're the only one who gets to do, you know, who gets to decide that you're going to do the work. So I don't know. It took me a couple of years. And then I was, I usually write two books at the same time in the beginning. And then one of them will eat the other one or (laughs) or just sort of try them. And I had two that were set in New Orleans. One was more of a haunted or otherworldly story. And this one won. And I think I was kind of, but both of them had outsiders as the in the you know main characters as the Tuckmans are outsiders to New Orleans right. who end up you know moving there or descending upon there and I I don't know that was my way in was to have it be from people who lived you know about people who who moved there as I had moved there even though I would not consider this book in any way shape or form autobiographical but it was just an access point for me. Right. So is the haunted book did that get devoured or is that gonna is that taking form? It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> I have three haunted books that just kinda just you know they they did whatever they needed to do for me and right. then they kinda went away. They went away. I have maybe four or five books that I've thrown away. Oh, okay. In my in my life. Either completed or halfway done kind of thing. Do you wanna talk about what you're working on now or what's coming next? Yeah. I mean, well I'm on this big tour now, so that's kind of what's taken over my life for about two months I'll be on tour with a couple stops at home here and there and I get Thanksgiving off which is nice I get like a whole the whole Thanksgiving week off and then I have been working on essay collection oh Um, so hopefully that's what's going to be my next book I haven't sold it yet and then with another novel after that so that'll be take me into 20 
24 or 25 territory, and then we'll see where I'm at then. I'll be in my 50s then. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe ha- we'll see if I slow down a little bit. I haven't slowed down yet, but could happen. Could happen. Well, thank yeah. you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, sir. Got it all worked out. <laughs> yep, me too. Thank you. Okay. Mm, bye-bye. Take care. Bye. And thank you all for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614.